Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Well, good morning. Good morning. Ah, yes. You know, I wanted a good, good morning uh, today because uh, today is a good morning. Uh, It's a good morning for me. Um, I'm hoping that the fact that it is a good morning for me um, becomes a good morning for you. Um, and, and, and here's why. I, I love the opportunity to introduce friends, uh, people I care about, to other things that I care about or I'm passionate about. And so, you know, one of my fond memories, um, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. My wife grew up in San Diego very similar backgrounds. Um, And so one of my fondest memories was taking my wife to her first Nebraska game. And and I wish I would have found the picture of that because she's wearing, it's cold, it's it's like borderline freezing temperatures, not cold enough to snow, so it's just raining the entire time. And uh, and she's wearing all of my hunting gear that I grew out of uh, sometime around the age of 15 or 16 years old. Um, and, and we're in the stadium, and we're in sleeping bags trying to stay warm and dry. And, and so that's a really fond memory of, of introducing uh, my future wife to something that I, I cared about, something that I grew up with. I remember uh, being able to introduce her to some family. Uh, growing up in Nebraska, I had, I had cousins that lived in rural Nebraska, and um, I spent a lot of time. That was a lot of who I was, so stories that she had heard from me about growing up involved my cousins, um, bow fishing, hunting, all, all kinds of escapades. Um, and so getting to introduce her to those people so that she could put a face uh, with uh, a face and some craziness with all of the stories that she'd heard um, was a real blessing. And so today, um, I feel like I get the opportunity to introduce all of you guys um, to two things, two people, two organizations that I'm passionate about. And the first um, was Lynette Carter um, from Living Hope Ministries, Living Hope Women's Center. Um, were you guys known as Women's Choice Center before? Yeah, so, um, so our family's history goes way back with them, um, probably past 2006 even, um, of, of supporting that ministry and loving the work that they do. Um, and then seeing you guys come alongside. And so um, if you hadn't met Lynette before, if you hadn't heard the story of, of Living Hope uh, before, so glad that you're getting a chance to do that um, and to hear about the work that they do and the way that we get to come alongside them. Uh, and the second friend that I get to introduce you to today, the second thing um, that I'm passionate about that I'll share with you today is another organization uh, called International Justice Mission. And so I'd like to introduce you to them uh, via this video. Slavery doesn't exist anymore. Actually, it does. We just don't see it. We don't see the small boy forced to work in a brick factory, carrying more than twice his body weight. Or the mother with her two small children sitting at her feet, working without pay, and without end, or the young girl whose body is sold again and again and again. But there is hope because there is a group of people 
working day and night, relentlessly searching for each one of these lives. And when they free one life, they search for the next, and the next, and the next, making them the largest international anti-slavery organization in the world. They are called International Justice Mission. Right now, there are more than 45 million slaves. And if this problem seems too big for them to handle alone, you're right. So there's a new plan, and it starts with you. It's called Freedom Sunday. The idea is simple. From the lobby to the message to the media, your church will experience God's love for justice and be given the opportunity to join His work in ending slavery. Because the end of slavery starts with believers who can see. When we see the small boy, whose name is Kumar, we can make sure he is allowed to go to school. We will see the mother named Gauri, who is now working for a fair wage that will give both her and her children a better life. And we will see the young girl. Her name is Mien, and her body will never, ever be sold again. When you and your church join with IJM on Freedom Sunday, each life set free will add up, becoming hundreds, and then thousands, and then millions, until we finally can say, slavery doesn't exist anymore. Freedom Sunday. Join us. You know, my, my history with International Justice Mission began in 2006, uh, shortly after our family had moved to the Phoenix area and uh, had begun attending uh, another church called Scottsdale Bible Church. And uh, we just showed up on a random Sunday to find out that a gentleman by the name of Gary Haugen was there speaking, and that he represented an organization that I'd never heard of before, an organization known as International Justice Mission. Uh, and he spent 30 minutes uh, opening my eyes to a reality that I did not know exist in our world anymore. Uh, the reality of children, uh, and sometimes entire families, uh, entrapped, enslaved, uh, working for hours on end, children 15, 18 hours a day rolling cigarettes, folding matchboxes, uh, living in conditions that are unimaginable uh, to us. And so, uh, so we've been partnering, uh, my wife and I, our family, have been partnering with International Justice Mission as well, ironically, since uh, 2006. Uh, the International Justice Mission uh, reaches and finds those who are suffering injustice and oppression uh, and setting them free. So what is injustice? There's many notions about what injustice is, uh, where justice needs to be brought. Uh, and we want to focus this morning uh, on a particular definition that would be derived uh, from biblical principles. Uh, and we say, um, we'll say this morning that injustice is this, uh, that it's the abuse of power to take from others the good things that God intends for them. The abuse of power to take from others 
the good things that God has intended for them. Their dignity, their life, and the fruits of their love, and the fruits of their labor. You see, because every person on this planet is created in the image of God, and whether we agree with their political persuasion, or, or we love their background or where they come from, regardless of all those things, every person is created in the image of God, and, and for that reason alone has inherent and intrinsic value and worth, and is a person that we should seek to bring justice to. We see a, a picture of God's view of injustice in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 1. Solomon reflecting on life, reflecting on his observations of life, writes this. He says, again, I saw all the oppressions that are done under the sun. And behold, the tears of the oppressed, and they had no one to comfort them. On the side of their oppressors there was power, and there was no one to comfort them. Oppression, tears, powerlessness in the face of abuse, and no one to comfort. This, this is Gideon's story. You see, Gideon was a young boy growing up in West Africa uh, in a country called Ghana, uh, right next to the Ivory Coast. Gideon was a young boy growing up in Ghana when his father passed away. Uh, the death of the breadwinner in the home left both his mother and the children vulnerable to oppression, vulnerable to being taken advantage of. And as is often the case in that culture when a mother is unable to provide for her children, Gideon was likely passed from one relative to another until he fell into the wrong hands. And Gideon, like these young boys, eventually became a slave, a slave fishing on Lake Volta. But in 2014, International Justice Mission began operations in the country of Ghana. Uh, aware of the slavery epidemic on Lake Volta, they began planning operations, working and coordinating with the government to rescue boys like Gideon. And when they met Gideon in 2014, he looked like this. This photo is actually part of their undercover investigation work. You see, they had to do a study on the lake to convince the government that there was something that needed to be done, that there were, in fact, boys enslaved on the waters of Lake Volta. And when the undercover investigator approached the boat that Gideon was in, Gideon begged him. Gideon implored him, not, not knowing who this man was. He said, my master is wicked. 
and he beats me. Please take me with you. The investigator, heartbroken, uh, knowing that he's there to rescue boys just like Gideon, also knows that this is just the beginning of an undercover operation that is designed not to rescue one or two boys, but hundreds and then thousands, and knowing that if he makes the move to rescue Gideon now, that it will blow the cover of the entire operation. Plans that have been in place for months. And so he has to explain to Gideon that he's not there to rescue. He's just there to observe. And Gideon implores him over and over, and eventually in desperation, he reaches over to the boy in the boat behind him and lifts his shirt, revealing open wounds from being beaten recently, and says he beats this little one too. Please, take us with you. But the investigator had to leave Gideon on the lake that day. I can only imagine where his heart was as he walked away from Gideon and this young boy in that boat. But Gideon is just one of many You see, Lake Volta is the largest man-made lake in the world. Its surface area covers more than 3,200 square miles. By comparison, Lake Powell covers 252 square miles. Lake Volta is 13 times the size of Lake Powell. And they estimate that there's somewhere between seven and 20,000 boys, just like Gideon, enslaved on the lake. In their studies, they've discovered that 50% of these boys are 10 years old or younger. That 25% are six years old or younger. That as we watch our children walk into Sunday school this morning, Realizing that children their age are slaves, being beaten for not working long enough or hard enough, 18-hour days with little to nothing to eat. And if that wasn't sad enough, Lake Volta is just a microcosm of many other parts of our world. According to the Walk Free Foundation, There's currently over 45 million people in slavery in this world. To put that in perspective, that's more slaves than were sold and traded during the 400 years of the transatlantic slave operations. There are more slaves on our planet today than at any other time in history. But as the video said, the end of slavery begins with believers who can see. Believers who see Gideon and the others like him in our video this morning. Millions of them. And believers who see the mission of Jesus to bring justice to the oppressed. We see this mission in Luke 
chapter 4. The very moment when Jesus goes from private life to public ministry, we find him in a synagogue, giving us a glimpse into what his ministry and what the kingdom of God on earth was supposed to be about. And so, that morning in the synagogue, Jesus stood up, and he went and he took the scroll of Isaiah, and he opened it to the portion that we find in Luke chapter 14, beginning in verses 18, running through 21, and he picks up the scroll, and he begins to read. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down, which is usually when the rabbi would begin to teach. And it says, And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he just said to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus said his mission was to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And in our context, we often understand this in a spiritual sense, that that he brings us the good news of the gospel and and that those who are poor in spirit will receive it, that he proclaims the release from the captivity of sin that we've been experiencing, that that will recover our sight and begin to see who He is, who God is, and who we are. And that those who have been oppressed and held down by the burden of sin will be set free. And we see those themes carried out and played out and described in more detail in the New Testament, but it's also important for us to ask. What did these things mean in Isaiah's day? What did they mean in Jesus' day? And how are they heard around the world in places like India, Cambodia, Ecuador, and Ghana, where the reality of slavery and oppression is something that we can barely conceive in our minds. In the original context of Isaiah's day, it meant release for those who were enslaved in foreign lands, who'd been dragged off in exile, that their slavery was coming to an end, that they would be returned home to their heritage and to their people. You see, Jesus' mission and God's justice isn't just about putting us right spiritually. It's about putting all things right, actually, actively, in our lives, bringing God's justice here 
and now for all, everywhere. And this is how International Justice Mission understands the mission of Jesus, to set the oppressed free, that they may no longer suffer at the hands of a brutal master on Lake Volta or in a house of prostitution in India or in a brick factory. And it begins with believers who can see. You know, the investigator who met Gideon on the lake that day was a believer who had seen. He was haunted for months by that encounter. And he prayed often and fervently that, that months down the road, when they finally got a chance to launch that first rescue operation, that Gideon would be among the first to be rescued. Even knowing that that would be like finding a needle in a haystack, finding one of, of 10 or 15,000 boys on a lake 13 times the size of Lake Powell with boys being moved around constantly. Yet, out of hope for a miracle, the team named that first rescue operation, Operation Gideon. And two days before the official launch, investigators were out on the lake doing reconnaissance. And as the team was at their headquarters in Ghana praying, that investigator received a text message informing him that they had located Gideon. This investigator, <laughs> a retired detective who had seen a lot in his years, collapsed to his knees and began weeping at the news. And two days later, in the early hours of Operation Gideon, Gideon was the first one pulled off the lake. Following his rescue, a search was made for Gideon's family, but his mother could not be located. And so IJM helped Gideon enter a residential program with one of IJM's aftercare partners where he could find healing and restoration. Following aftercare, they helped him enroll in a vocational trade school to learn a trade, to acquire some economic security so that he could protect himself from exploitation in the future. And last summer, he graduated with training as a stonemason. He's currently in apprenticeship to be a master stonemason, which in Ghana is an excellent career opportunity and should keep Gideon safe going forward. Gideon's freedom, Gideon's new story, new future began with believers who could see. But International Justice Mission is not just seeing freedom for individuals trapped in slavery, but whole cities and, and whole countries. They work with 
authorities in places like Ghana, the Philippines, Cambodia, and India to reform and transform justice systems, training and equipping those who work within them to even know what justice is, to know how to bring it, to learn how to free people and prosecute their abusers. International Justice Mission began operations in the Philippines where children and minors in the sex industry were prevalent. After five years of working with stakeholders in the government and other NGOs in the Philippines and training the Filipino government to take those practices to other cities and other parts of the country, the Philippines has seen a 79% reduction in minors trapped in the sex industry. The reality is that within 10 years, we might see that eradicated in the Philippines. Uh, Cambodia used to be ground zero for pedophiles and sex tourists. IJM has worked for 15 years in Cambodia. In a 2015 study they did on the prevalence of young minors in the largest commercial sex markets in Cambodia, where minors represented as high as 15 to 30 percent of the workers, they are now less than one-tenth of one percent. Which means that hundreds and thousands of young girls will never see the inside of the dark room of a brothel and have their bodies sold over and over again. Because believers saw and believers were moved and believers acted. And so today, I don't want to just introduce you to International Justice Mission. I want to invite you to partner with them. We've joined their program this year called Freedom Sunday. And it's an opportunity for you as individuals, as well as our church, to become freedom partners. Uh, to come alongside International Justice Mission uh, financially, but also uh, to be in communication with them, to celebrate, as I was last night, uh, 28 people being rescued in India at the end of last month, a uh, hundred more boys being freed from Lake Volta recently, because believers have seen and believers want to see justice brought in places like Ghana to boys like Gideon. And so I'd encourage you, if you're interested in partnering, uh, to take out your phone. Uh, as you watch this video, uh, you'll be given an opportunity to become a freedom partner right on your phone, right where you sit, uh, to join them, uh, to support them 
and help to free boys like Gideon. Uh, we all know the Good Samaritan story. Two other people walked past this man who was hurt and wounded. There was one person who stopped, picked him up, and paid for his care. It didn't take too much. It just required him to stop and actually pay attention that somebody is suffering, pay attention that somebody is wounded. Now, Jesus talked to us about this parable because he wants us to be like that Good Samaritan. You may be removed miles and miles away from where these things are happening, from where the crime of human trafficking or slavery is happening. But you're also very close to the heart of Jesus. He wants to extend his kingdom on this earth. And he doesn't just come from heaven and do it himself. He uses people like you and I. He uses us as his instruments. He uses our abilities to extend his kingdom. Do you want to be someone who stopped and decided no? This is, this is wrong. It cannot happen on my watch. It cannot happen in my time. And so the invitation is open. If you are watching this, it is because you woke up this morning and made the choice to get here. And when you leave this place, you take it with you. Right now, there are more than 45 million people around the world still bound in slavery, and that number is growing. IJM has a model that works, but we can't do more unless we have more help. So we are asking believers from around the world to take action and take us with you too. We call them Freedom Partners. When you become a Freedom Partner, you join a community that is actively praying, advocating, and spreading the word to get more people involved. By giving $24 a month or more, we can grow our global mission to find, rescue, and renew lives. Because lack of resources should never be the reason why we didn't end slavery. Do you want to be one of them who walked past? Or do you want to be someone who stopped and decided, no, this is wrong. It cannot happen on my watch. It cannot happen in my time. And so the invitation is open. Join us and become a Freedom Partner today. So if you didn't catch it, the... Uh Website you want to go to is ijm.org fp for Freedom Partner. Uh, now you can also do that in the lobby after the service. Uh, we have two tables set up, uh, one for the Living Hope Center um, and one for some folks uh, who were kind enough to come and spend the morning with us from International Justice Mission. So invite you to, to participate and take part in that, in what God is doing through both of these ministries. You know, boys like Gideon, they live without hope. They live in despair. But what they don't know is that today is the day that someone on the other side of the world will do something 
that ultimately will be part of rescuing them. You see, if if you're a slave and you've never imagined life beyond the life you've known, and you cannot imagine even that there is another side of the world, and that on that other side of the world there are people who live in freedom. And not only do they live in freedom, but they have power, and they have resources that are beyond anything that a boy like Gideon could even dream are possible. But if they knew that such a person existed, and that such power and resources were in their hands, and that that person was a disciple of Jesus, the one who came to set captives and the oppressed free, the one who used all of his power and resources to set others free, then for the first time in their life, they might have a reason to hope. My hope is that many of us would bring hope to boys like Gideon. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you for the work that you've done in our lives, which we could all go on about, the ways that you have set us free. And we know what it's like to live without the bondage of sin anymore, to be set free from our old lives, from the old man or the old woman that we used to be and what it is to be new. Lord, we join as your people. And we ask that you would bring that newness to boys like Gideon. New life, new hope, a new story. Because your people are proclaiming their liberty and setting them free. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you guys for being here with us this morning. As always, we'll have prayer partners along the wall over here um, at the end of the curtain who would love to pray with you and pray for you. Uh, As I mentioned before, um, we have folks who are hosting tables out in the lobby this morning from International Justice Mission and Living Hope. Uh, You can leave your prayer requests under the lights back there at our table, and we would love to pray with you uh, and pray for those requests, pray for you uh, throughout the week. Our staff will begin doing that tomorrow morning, um, and our prayer team will continue uh, throughout the week. Uh, Do we have that final slide with the prayer on it? We do. Would you guys stand with me? And we'll pray this prayer together as we go out today. Merciful Father, we have gathered today in your name and with great freedom, yet we acknowledge not all people are free. We confess our tendency to live comfortably with injustice. We confess our use of liberty for personal gain and self-preservation. We confess our ignorance and apathy 
towards those who are vulnerable and abused. Forgive us, Lord Jesus, and transform us into people who share your heart for justice. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.